Part two, chapter ten of Mountains in the Mist. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio, InterfaceAudio.com. Mountains in the Mist by Frank W. Borum. Ten. The Scavenger. Who has not lost himself in rapt and reverent admiration as he has stood before A.T.A. Schenck's great picture of anguish in the Melbourne Art Gallery? The dead lamb lying stiff and stark on the bleak and snow-wrapped moor, the grim circle of coal-black crows perched ominously around, craning their necks and flapping their wings in their impatience to blood their beaks and bury their talons in the banquet that awaits them the tell-tale crimson blood marks that splash the white white snow and most affecting of all the distracted mother with eyes that would move the coldest onlooker to tears standing sadly over her lifeless lamb attempting like rizpah in the bible story to protect her precious charge from the avarice of the hungry birds it is a pathetic painting but it is not without its pathetic side that i propose to deal i am the champion of the crows and in order to help me to be a better opening of my case i propose to lay aside anguish another picture of a very similar kind and in which the element of pathos is somewhat less pronounced mr e t grogan is as readers of from cape to cairo know the cambridge undergraduate who trudged right through africa from the far north to the extreme south I envy you, wrote Cecil Rhodes, for you have done that which has been for centuries the ambition of every explorer. The amusement of the whole thing is that a youth from Cambridge, during his vacation, should have succeeded in doing that which the ponderous explorers of the world have failed to accomplish. There is a distinct humor in the whole thing. It makes me the more certain that we shall complete the telegraph and railway, for surely I am not going to be beaten by the legs of a Cambridge undergraduate but to our picture in the course of his trudge mr grogan shot a zebra and left it in the bush for lion bait rising at daylight the next morning he took his gun and crept cautiously toward it it would be difficult he says to imagine a more perfect picture in the background stretched the limitless plain streaked with mists shimmering in the growing light of the rising sun clumps of graceful palms fenced in a sandy area where the zebra had fallen round its attenuated remains a strange group had gathered in the centre i saw a grand old lion leisurely gnawing the ribs behind were four little jackals squatting in a row they were like four little images of patience sitting there whilst the lion in all his might and matchless grandeur of form leisurely chewed and scrunched the titbits and around these scarcely out of reach of the swish of the monarch's tail was a solid circle of some two hundred vultures craning their bald necks and hustling one another loth to break the spell i watched the scene for fully ten minutes then as he showed signs of moving i took the chance afforded of a broadside shot and bowled him over he was a fine black-maned lion and measured over ten feet a very unusual length now i appear as the lawyers say in court for the defendants I represent the crows in the first picture. I am for the lions, the jackals, and the vultures in the second, and I think that I have a particularly strong case. It is not good that the carcass of the lamb should be left to pollute the field, 
my clients the crows did not kill the lamb but now that it is dead it is fit and proper that the body should be removed otherwise it will vitiate the air and become a menace to living lambs and perhaps bring anguish to other fleecy mothers and so the crows have come to save the lives of those living lambs and to preserve those other mothers from despair they are nature's undertakers sent to remove the object that will soon be a festering eyesore and a fruitful source of pestilence and peril again it is not good that this dead zebra should under a fierce african sun so every breeze that blows with the germs of frightful disease and thus become a plague spot in a paradise and so my clients the lion the jackals and the vultures as shrewd and sensible sanitary officers have come to remove a nuisance that threatens the life of both man and beast they are god's scavengers these clients of mine and as frank buckland the eminent naturalist finally says if any creature deserves more than any other to be defended and protected it is that creature which performs the duty of a scavenger and so gentlemen of the jury with a very good conscience and a very strong case i appear for the crows and the vultures and the hawks and the wolves and the hyenas and the jackals and the sharks and for all the rest of those unfortunate creatures who without rhyme or reason are doomed to live beneath the scowl of mankind in spite of the fact that they spend their whole time in cleaning up god's world and in making it sweet and wholesome and habitable for the very people who scowl at them and now that i have taken up the case i shall not be content with the bare verdict of not guilty indeed i shall be grievously affronted and wounded and insulted if after presenting my case i merely secure a verdict of not guilty it will not be enough for the judge to inform my innocent clients that they leave the court without a stain upon their characters the judge and the jury must inform my clients frankly that the court is profoundly impressed by the distinguished services that my clients have for so long and with so little recognition rendered to mankind the judge must turn to my clients the crows and he must say the court finds that so far from your having done any injury to this dead lamb or its poor distressed mother you and your predecessors actually made life possible for both the lamb and the mother the court is convinced that had earlier generations of crows not been hard at work in keeping the fields cleansed from all things putrid and corrupt plagues and pestilences would have annihilated the entire race of sheep long ago the court desires on behalf of both men and beasts to thank you for the valuable services that you have rendered indeed the court feels that had there been no crows there could have been no court the court owes to you and to those like you its very existence i shall not be satisfied i repeat unless my clients the crows the vultures the wolves and the jackals leave the court with some such musical words as these ringing in their oft insulted ears i like to think that when the great lord of all the worlds who always sees the best even in the worst of us paid his wondrous visit to this little world he paid his tribute to the value of the services rendered to humanity by these clients of mine wheresoever the carcasses he said there shall be the vultures gathered together horrible cries some short-sighted ignoramus but what is horrible that is what i want to know what is horrible the carcass or the vulture it is the carcass that is horrible and that is why the vultures set to work to remove it 
and the lord of the birds and the beasts paid his fine tribute to the prompt and effective service that my clients render in the east says a well-known writer if any beast of burden falls and dies though the moment before the whole horizon may have been clear with not a bird in sight a stream of vultures suddenly appears as if by magic and crowd round the spot and longfellow in hiawatha tells us of the same phenomenon in the west never stoops the soaring vulture on his quarry in the desert on the sick or wounded bison but another vulture watching from his high aerial lookout sees the downward plunge and follows and a third pursues the second coming from the invisible ether first a speck then a vulture till the air is dark with pinions away in the western sky says dan crawford in thinking black lo a dozen dark vultures hovering for the funeral of an antelope the official mourners these come to bury a denizen of the plains more than mourners they are african gravediggers and more than gravediggers they themselves are the graves the spades their own beaks bravely done and bravely spoken and so the desert is kept sweet and clean and fresh the desert that but for the vultures would reek with foul disease wheresoever the carcasses there shall the vultures be gathered together it is a fine tribute to the skill efficiency and promptitude of my long misunderstood clients he the great master and lord applied it to the long drama of the world's history nations like men die and empires like individuals decay and when life is extinct they become corrupt pestiferous abominable and whenever nations so pollute god's fair world he has his scavengers at hand to keep the planet sweet think of the canaanitish peoples with their abominable vices and superstitions and the great empires of antiquity that became first voluptuous and then vile what an imposing and impressive pageant could easily be cited the carcass is there and therefore as it is written the vultures are gathered together the fault is not with the birds the fault is with the body this great saying about the carcass and the vultures is the finest illustration i know of the blending of the divine justice and love it is out of the divine tenderness that the crows are commanded to cluster round the dead lamb and save other lambs from pestilence it is part of the divine care that leads the lion and the jackals and the vultures to gather round the dead zebra and remove from the plain a hotbed of disease god's judgments both in natural history and in human history take ugly forms but they are wonderfully wise and no less wonderfully kind yes i hold a brief for the crows and the vultures and the hawks and the wolves and the hyenas and the jackals and the sharks and for all god's scavengers if it were not for them i should not be here to hold the brief for them and the jury to which i now so confidently appeal would not be here to hear me and yet and yet even whilst i defend them i confess that i am frightened of them they are a terrible crowd these unlovely clients of mine even as i defend and belaunt them their frightful fangs their blooded beaks their dripping talons their gleaming tusks make me shudder as i lay down my brief i am grateful profoundly and ceasefully thankful for two things firstly i am thankful even whilst i praise them that they only bury their hideous faces in that which is putrid and corrupt the living sheep in the picture does not fear the crows wheresoever the carcass is there shall the vultures be gathered together 
and secondly i am thankful more thankful than words can tell that i need never become their prey he that believeth said their great lord and mine he that believeth hath everlasting life he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die never die never die never die that is grand it is a gospel worth preaching i hurl that great triumphant word into the terrible faces of my ugly clients and with a smile on my face and a song in my heart i leave my case with the court end of part two chapter ten recording by lawrence trask mount vernon ohio interfaceaudio.com